Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we're very lucky to be joined on the show now. Um, out of France, of all places, uh, the man who controlled uh, the game, the final, Super Rugby final, Crusaders getting over the top of the Chiefs, Ben O'Keefe. And I want to talk to Ben about the game, but more about um, the fallout afterwards, which has just sickened me. Um, I'm lucky enough to know Ben reasonably well as a great person and didn't deserve all of this vitriol. It just seems to have gathered momentum like a snowball down a hill. But he joins us now out of France. Uh, ben, thanks heaps for jumping on with us today. Yeah, thanks, Daffy. Um, uh, good to jump on and uh, have a chat. Yeah, had to have a make a, a, a quick sort of, uh, we've got meetings over here in France at the moment. I head off to South Africa, so I was pretty much do the game Saturday and um, jump on a plane Sunday. And then, yeah, as you said, um, I realised once I landed in France just how big the snowball sort of kept kept getting over over the time that I was in the air. So, yeah, it's been an interesting sort of last 24, 48 hours for, for everyone involved, I think, um, in the game of rugby, not just match officials, but um, I think everyone that loves the game too. Have the snowballs got bigger in recent years with, with um, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, you've been lambasted by people who like to call them keyboard warriors, I call them keyboard wussies. Um, has it got worse in recent years? Yeah, I, I think it has. I mean, we all know social media is part of our age now and, you know, it's something that probably isn't going to go away um, as, you know, we go through generations. It's something that I've, I've accepted and, you know, I've also accepted that, you know, the over the years I've been doing more games at a higher level, bigger games, and, you know, with those sort of games and responsibility that I have to obviously get better as a referee um, comes, you know, more people watching, more criticism. We're talking, you know, we go through series like um, international test matches, Lions series, uh, Rugby World Cups, and, you know, um, finals and playoff games as well. So it's definitely built up, I think, especially over the last 12 months. You know, I can think of numerous examples where, you know, I use examples of myself and whether I'm getting messages privately or just in the media. Um, but, we, you know, we've seen things happen publicly with other referees in our game um, through, you know, criticism that are getting from players, coaches and the public too, which, you know, for me, I've noticed that and, and I think, you know, I can be in a position where I'm sort of in the middle of it all and seeing it happen and I can just see that it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried for, um, obviously, the future in terms of, we're at in terms of match officials and how the game's moving forward. And in the short term, I'm, I'm worried for, you know, the World Cup. You know, we've got a pretty big, I'm in France now, we've got a pretty big um, competition coming up soon. And, and I just am, you know, uneasy with how, I guess, the public's going to perceive some of these massive games, which are no doubt going to happen in pool play and in, in the playoff series as, as, we, as we get into it. Yeah, you're worried about a lot of things. I was worried about you, to be perfectly honest. When I saw all this vitriol being aimed at you, it was pretty hateful. It was pretty bloody awful. How 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 are you with all of this? Yeah, thanks, Steph. You know, I've, I've had like overwhelming support around around this as well. So I want to obviously thank everyone for that. Um, like fortunately, look, I'm I'm really good. I'm fine. I've got um, a great friend, a friend base, family base, and a support network around me. So. You sort of just tap into that, and over time you get used to doing that when you need to. And 
and yeah, so fortunately I'm, I'm fine, but it's also unfortunate that I'm fine as well because, you know, as you saw some of those messages and probably just the number of messages um, from a game like that was uh, just out of control. And, and that, you know, it sort of made me think because, you know, I, I, I went through my review and even after the game, like, like I knew that there were some issues in the game um, that we needed, that we got wrong, that we clearly got wrong and that I needed to get better at. And that happens in every game of rugby. I also know that there were some real key moments in that game that re- that really need a, needed a strong referee, someone that was in the right position with good presence who could communicate the right outcome and stay in control of a pretty hotly test match. Uh, sorry, a pretty hot, um, you know, final. And, um, you know, I, I reflected when I did review my decisions and then, you know, actually just watching that game as well that, you know, overall I, I loved that final, you know, it was, it was intense. It had everything. Uh, we had two teams going at it and, um, you know, it was great to be a part of it for the 80 minutes and, you know, it's just, uh, it's just what's, ha- what's happened afterwards that, um, you know, you sort of go through and you reflect and you think, you know, is this something that we need to be putting up with as, as, as people first and foremost um, and as match officials? I think the key thing you've said there is, you know, there's always errors. Um, players make errors. Referees make errors. Um, and there's not much you can do about that. That's the human nature of of the game. Um, just the reaction to them uh, after afterwards, is it magnified because it's a final, do you think? Oh, of course. I mean, everything's magnified on the level of the game that you do. And, and you know, we're entrusted um, through the selection of games on okay, who, who who can manage those games and who can be in the best sort of position to be able to control those games as well as they can. And, you know, we often try and do that for who can actually manage those eighty minutes. And you know, we're we're almost having to move into a space of, okay, who can control the eighty minutes well and then who can um, actually be in control of what happens afterwards now too. And so what we saw after that game, um, yeah, definitely because it was a final. I think definitely because there's a lot of emotion around um, who people wanted to win. Um, and, you know, we love that emotion as as, as supporters of rugby and, and definitely as, as match officials. It's just that when that when that emotion and that passion crosses a line, um, which I think we've seen in a lot of the posts that I received, you know, and, and we're only talking about a number of those individuals, then, you know, it, it does become a massive issue. When you do your post-match review, how how fine-tooth comb do you go? Like the, the things that are being talked about, uh, the forward pass from the Crusaders. Um, the Crusaders fans are saying there was a forward pass from Stevenson to Narawa for his try. The yellow cards. Do you look at every single decision that you've made when you do your review? So I look at every single play in the game, pass, potential decision, potential non-decision, my positioning, the way I communicate. Um, it takes me probably a good 10 hours to go through the game, forward, rewind, and I'm clipping, I'm coding, um, you know, and, and actually really trying to find the detail around, you know, because I want to be able to give really good feedback to um, coaches, even though this was a final win season as well. We want to try and give as much detail to coaches around the decisions that I got right so that they can actually, um, you know, give that information to their players, also the decisions that I get wrong so that they can also reassure their players, if I, you know, if I penalise someone incorrectly, they can actually, um, you know, give that clarity to their players. And then, you know, I'm also trying to improve as a referee so that I'm always getting better week by week by week because slightly, you know, within the game, the pictures that I'm faced are always slightly different within the within the match. So um, I was fortunate I was able to do that, you know, that sort of nine, ten hours on my 17-hour flight from, from Auckland um, to Dubai. And I was able to go through those details. And, you know, some of those things we talk about, like there was a clear, you know, there was a clear forward pass that we missed um, from the Crusaders. 
And um, it's something that when I look at it, I don't just say that, okay, I've missed that because I have. It's my responsibility to get that. And what I actually noticed when I did my review is that I moved into the D-line um, as I transitioned when the ball was passed behind me. I went in there too deep, so I was about four or five metres behind the D-line, whereas a referee, you know, this again is a bit of a referee detail now, but you want to take half a step, get behind the D-line, and as a defender comes through, you move back with the defender so you can quickly get back into what a what's a ball-in-line position so you can be in line for those passes. Mm. And that's something I didn't do. So that's, you know, in terms of my review, okay, I can see that I did something wrong, but I've already recognised, okay, I need to make sure that I'm not going too deep into the D-line so I can make a quick turnaround so then I can be in line with that ball and therefore make those decisions and call that forward pass next time. So that's 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 the type of detail we go into rather than just saying we got it right, we got it wrong. So um, you know, it's probably a little bit of insight. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll do that for all the whistle decisions I made, um, all the decisions that I didn't make, which I should have, um, the TMOs, the cards, um, and you know everything that everyone's everyone's talking about. And you know the other thing is that a lot of times within a game, and this is something that I've had to train myself especially when I started, is that in the game, you know when potentially you've got something wrong. You might even see it on the big screen. But you've got to make sure that you can't let that incorrect decision snowball within the game to affect other decisions that you might be making. So if you start doubting yourself in the game, Mm. lose confidence, then you start making errors, and then that can compound and get worse. So it's really important in the game. You know, you you might make an error or you might make a really good decision. you just got to go to the next decision, then the next decision, and then trust that when you do your review, if you do a really thorough review, you can pick up on those things, then you're less likely to make it next time. That's that's how I'm always trying to grow, and, and that's what's kept me at the top of the game for so long. Penalty count. Um, this always does my head in when people say, oh, the penalty count was 18-6, he favoured one team over the other. But my argument's always been, if you break the speed limit 18 times and get caught, and you break the speed limit six times and you get caught, that's why you've got that penalty count. Um, it seemed like you were warning the Chiefs a lot more than the Crusaders, but my argument is they were infringing a lot more. Yeah, and it's as simple as it is, right? You know, as a referee, um, you know, we're trying to set boundaries within a game and to make it really clear to players, you know, what are we seeing on this day? And we've got to be consistent game to game, game, but also within the game as well. One of my strengths is that I'm a very strong communicator and, and often I'm actually criticised that I'll, I'll I'll wait too long before I give a warning and I'll wait too long before I give a yellow card. But my philosophy is, is that I want to be able to make my decisions really clear and then give the opportunity to the captain to then tell their players how they need to change behaviour around what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And so often it means that if I get three penalties or four penalties in a row inside the 22 for slowing the ball down or closing down space, that triggers me to think, okay, I've got to start thinking about penalising Furthermore, and potentially escalating to a yellow card, but I'm always going to give the, the captain an opportunity to um, understand what I'm seeing so then they can actually tell their, tell their team. Ultimately, when you give a warning as a referee, you want that warning to mean that those penalties aren't happening again. Mm. And if we have maybe 20 or 30 minutes um, before another penalty happens, then maybe that's it. Okay, you don't need to do anything else. But in this instance, you know, we have multiple penalties. I uh, give a warning, a pretty clear warning, and then we had two more penalties, and I finally give the, the yellow card on the on the, on the on the second of those penalties. So um, I'm always about processes. I've always I always try and follow a process that I'm consistent. And um, I think you know when I reviewed that process and that segment of probably 30 minutes, or when I went from penalty one, um, you know, to penalty six and seven with the warning and the yellow card, um, I was really happy with that process that um, that I achieved there. So finally, Ben. Um 
with all of this, oh, I don't want to say it, but all of this hate that's out there on the social media, I know it's not the majority of people, but it gets all the legs, doesn't it? What's your What's your hope that will come out of all of this? I mean, I think it's brilliant that you're prepared to come in front foot it and talk about it, um, not to preserve you, but maybe to preserve the future. What 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 you What's your best outcome from this horrible situation? Um, I think the best outcome for me is that I, I realise I've got a, um, a responsibility in terms of where I stand and uh, my position as a referee, not just within New Zealand rugby, but in, in world rugby. And, you know, it's important for people, I think, to, to be aware of, of the person behind the whistle, but also, you know, what goes on um, after we blow that final whistle. And, and I don't agree with what's been happening over the last 12 months. Um, and I hope that, you know, by raising the awareness in this environment, you know, I've been able to actually just let people understand that, you know, this is what is happening. Um, already the outcome of this has been, you know, overwhelming um, positivity and support. And, you know, I feel really proud that I've had uh, multiple, you know, younger referees, referees in community rugby in New Zealand who've messaged me to thank me because, you know, they were starting to feel unsafe with the, um, the abuse that they've been getting in the weekends. Um, they were thinking about hanging up their whistle because of, um, you know, what was happening to them when they were in, in the middle of the field. And, you know, they thanked me for actually standing up for them. And that's something that if I could get anything out of this, it was to actually show my support to, to the individuals out there that are doing it every weekend. And, you know, I'll, I'll always continue to do that for as long as I'm referring. And, and as you said before, Safi, like, it is only, it is, the, it is the minority, you know. So when something like this comes out, you do realise that the public is behind the game of rugby. The public is behind the players, the coaches and the match officials. And, and this has nothing to do with the players, nothing to do with the coaches. Um, you know, uh, Clayton McMillan was excellent. You know, he called me to see how I was. You know, that was the first thing he wanted to worry about, um, nothing about the game. And, you know, I truly respect the man for doing that. And, you know, so the rug- rugby is in a good space. I think we just need to, you know, just, just have these open conversations. And that's what I was trying to do is, is try and support my fellow referees out there and also support the direction um, that the game, I think, needs to, to move move to. Well, Ben O'Keefe, you're a bloody good ref and for doing this um, for not only yourself but for the good of the game and these young referees out there, you're even better bloke for doing it and for talking for us to us in the middle of the night in France is even better, mate. Um, really appreciate you coming on, really appreciate your stance and your voice on this very concerning issue. Um, champion, champion. Cheers, Daphne, no worries, mate.